Welcome to the Bitchin' Brainstorm podcast with Elaine the Brain Terso. I believe that every problem has a solution. So the episodes you will hear will be live strategy calls with real entrepreneurs who are feeling stuck. We will spend a few minutes bitching about the struggle and then move forward with finding solutions. You will hear topics about launching offers, mindset, marketing, strategy, and so much more. Remember, we are both the problem and the solution. Now let's get out of our own damn way and get shit done. If you are an entrepreneur and would like to receive a live strategy call, please visit bitchandbrainstorm.com and fill out an application. We would love to have you as our next guest. Welcome everyone to the Bitch and Brainstorm podcast. It's me, Elaine the Brain Terso, and I'm here with a, a new victim. I'm going to let you, uh, I'm going to let her introduce herself and tell us what is going on, what is keeping you stuck so that we can help you get out of your own damn way and get shit done. Awesome. Thank you, Elaine, for letting me like lay this all out for you and pick your fantastic brain. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I love that. So my name is Melanie Brown and I am the owner of Healing Hearts and Homes and Teens Alive. So I'm a mental health therapist and youth coach. I've been working in the field for 14 years. Done a lot of work with couples, which I love seeing people remember why they fell in love with each other. Awesome. A lot of success with that. Um, so I lost a son. I, I lost a son seven years ago to a completed suicide. And subsequent to that occurring, had this strong sense that this is the work I get to do in the world. Right? And I don't know for your guests, how this lands or whatever, who their higher power is. Mine is God, goddess. And I feel like my God, goddess said to me, basically like, this is who you get to work with. And I throw temper tantrums in my business. <laughs> I don't know if you do that or not. Yes, I had I was like, okay. Oh, good. Not the only one. Thank you for validating that for me. Yes. <laughs> so I was like, crying and yelling and I can't believe you'd want me to do this you know on and on like this is horrible don't you know what I've been through which is ridiculous because of course they do and (laughs) you know just really angry and upset and snot-nosed crying right and um I felt the, the presence there like I didn't get left alone in that which was very clear to me And I was like, what if one of them dies? What if, you know, like, I can't do this again. And I'm just upset and I cry until I've spent, you know, that feeling to just like, (sighs) and just curling up and there's nothing more you can do. You're just exhausted. And I got this very quiet response that said, if you don't do this, they will die. Mm. That's a heavy burden fine wow I'll do it but you have to help yeah (laughs) right since then I have been working on a program like um, 
the name of my program was given to me, the name of my business, the elevator pitch, like I have been sustained and guided and I'm very intuitive in how I do my business, right? Mm -hmm. And I began to connect to how I felt as a teenager and I didn't want to like off myself, right? I didn't want to kill myself. But I do distinctly remember feeling often like I didn't want to be here anymore. And it took me until my adult years to realize that that was a form of talking about suicide, right? Ending it. I didn't want to be here. Um, and so I began to put the pieces together, being very prayerful and intuitive and meditating and um Put together, I put together a 12-week youth coaching program called Loving Teens Back to Life. And it involves the kinds of things that I learned that kept me on this planet, right? Um, learning how to understand how to express emotions in a way that was healthy, not being ashamed of emotion, but understanding how important they are and the value that they have and learning how to build relationships and set boundaries and really to just have this sense of my own personal worth, which is the kind of tools and skills that I teach to youth in the program. So I'm bound by the state of Utah as a therapist, right? Okay. But I can only work with therapy with clients in the state of Utah. But there's so much more need than in the state that I exist in. And I feel strongly that this is a reach that needs to be international. Okay. Um, and so this year, kind of the download has been that it gets to be a youth coaching program instead of a therapy program, teaching skills and tools. So I can, so if someone reaches out to me and they're outside of the state, I don't have to say, sorry, can't help you. I can only talk to you in Utah. Right. And that has been a good next step. So what I find that I'm at is I've, I have gone through the program with a couple small groups of teenagers. And I, oh man, I'm getting emotional. I love teenagers so much. They're amazing and brilliant and incredible. I actually have nine children that survived into adulthood. So I've survived nine teenagers. I think that gets me like a brownie point or a gold star or something in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and I love my adult kids. I mean, I just love, teenagers are incredible and we need them here on this planet. We have a lot of shifts going on right now, yeah. right? Yeah. And, and I believe strongly that we all have something that's our gig in this life to do mm -hmm. so I'm okay with people going like I believe in an afterlife and heaven is fabulous I've had a near-death experience so I know what I feel like about that I'm okay with people going I'm just not okay with them choosing out when we need them when there's some amazing wonderful thing for them to contribute in this world. And I believe we all have that. Mm -hmm. And this is mine, right? So what I found as I've gone through the program with these youth is I just am not able to cover all this stuff, these skills in these different areas that I really want them to have. And so I started working 
on trying to build out some module in the program. This is, we're getting closer to my stuck space. Okay. Am I taking too long? <laughs> nope, we're not taking too long at all. The backstory is important. So I decided that one of the ways that I could really do this is with modules so that they could be able to watch them. Because I find that when I'm working with them one-on-one -on -one in sessions, it's more about what's going on currently with them. Mm -hmm. And we're not getting all the tools and skills that I want them to get. So we're making this a more robust program. And I really honestly believe that a lot of times what teenagers don't get, they don't get because their parents don't have it. And don't get me wrong, I'm not blaming them. I really feel like they need to be central to the solution of the issue, right? Because mm -hmm. if they get it, they can help their teenager get it. And, and the great thing is that I want to make these modules so that the parents can see and learn, mm -hmm. the teenagers can see these and learn, and the younger children. So these modules are going to be available to the whole family. But as I've begun to write up the modules, I get stuck on the, I don't know all the ins and outs of how to um, make the slides and I want, have you, I know, I know you've probably seen these, right? Like where you've watched something that somebody's sold to you or given to you for free or whatever. And like you have all the slides and you never see their face. Mm -hmm. And I feel like in order for me to have that connection, kind of heart to heart connection with my teenagers, they need to see me. Right. And so I, I'm kind of bogged down in all of the make the slides. What do I use to create the modules? How do I get them recorded? How do I get my face in with the slides? How do I get it all right so that I can get it done? And so I have about three or four modules written up. Mm -hmm. And here's what I found I'm doing. I'm doing the avoid thing. I know you've never done that, Elaine. Never. I have never avoided anything ever. So <laughs> no one ever, no one has, no, it, everybody no. has avoided something. So you are not alone in that. <laughs> it's like when you know you need to do something in your business and you go clean the bathroom or something, yes. right? Organize your cupboards in your kitchen yes. because you are, a, yeah. Yeah. So, so the other thing that I'm doing is I'm, I've written a children's book okay. called How to Make a Monster and I've got the layout done and I paint. So I have like 40 illustrations to paint for this book. So I can say, which makes me happy, that in avoiding doing the modules, I am doing the paintings, which, <laughs> which was the thing I was avoiding before by, I don't remember how I was avoiding that one. So I'm a step up. Okay. So your avoidance has gone from cleaning the bathroom to painting the mon the little monsters. Yeah, painting the illustrations for the children's book. And it's fabulous. And it's the purpose of the children's book is to teach younger children the same types of skills about emotional intelligence and how to talk about emotion and self-regulate. And those things that I find are so important if we could yeah. start younger. Yeah. So I'm getting the paintings done. Okay. I'm excited. Okay. 
but I am not, I ain't getting the modules done. Okay. So, so I avoid selling the next round of the program. Uh -huh. it's, my, it's my high ticket. It's the lives I want to save because I want to save every life I can. Right. And every time I hear about a teenager or a young adult that's taken their life, I feel like I missed one. Yeah. I like when I needed to get and I know I can't save them all, but I want to. I want to save. Of course, we all want to. And I know how to do this. I just, uh, so I don't, I've not promoted in any way selling the next set of youth into the program because I feel like I need to get the modules done, but I'm not getting the modules done, but I am getting the paintings done. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right, so I'm going to make this really easy. Your amazing brain has come up with. Yeah, I'm going to make this really easy for you. The thing that you're avoiding, the thing that I think you think is like, this is how, this is how other people do it. And I don't want to do it that way, but I don't know how to do it is actually a really easy solution. So the first thing is you don't, have to use slides at all if you don't want to. I don't use slides when I teach. I use workbooks. I like to write and I like and other people like to write. So I create workbooks um, versus slides so that I can see I don't have to do both. You, you don't you do whatever the hell you want to do. That's the beauty of it. There's no rules. I have been, I've been thinking about doing like a, you know, assignments as part of the modules, but I can't call them that. Right. I mean, I can't call it like a workbook or assignments. You can, assignments you can call it a workbook. Don't want more work. No, no, no. But it's something to take notes, uh, fill in the blanks. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. You could even have, so I, to show you how much I love workbooks. So I wrote a book, um, and it's a combination of stories. It's a combination of coloring pages. It's a combination of positive quotes and also workbook, right? Like changing your story and like all the bullshit that we kind of harbor um, because I wanted it to, meet, to be more than just a workbook, more than just horrific stories of people sharing their experiences um, I wanted it to, to kind of have a positive twist and coming to a, to a workbook and going, wow, that was really hard. Okay. I'm going to just kind of color right now. I'm just going to shift my thought. I'm going to go to out of my body and I'm just going to color. Right. And just kind of, so I, I wanted that. Um, so that was something that I did. So that's something you can do. You can create a workbook that has the things in it that you want to teach about and you go through the modules is going through the workbook, giving, giving them a place to kind of dump their thoughts into, you know, writing, journaling, whatever that is for them, um, because you want it to be interactive. And then the other thing is that if you're hell bent on creating slides, if you use Zoom, you can share your screen and have where half the screen is the slide and half the screen is your face, right? So you can change the layout so that it's not just a slide because I'm, I'm with you. I don't want to just see a slide. I want to connect with someone, right? 
the person that that's teaching you and talking to you like I want exactly my face right like like connect with me because there's an energy there right there is and that's it's been hard enough for me to go from person to person to telehealth that's been a shift for me it took me a while to like trust that I could make this same connection right but you youth are more used to this kind of connection some of us yeah I think it I have found that it works yeah which is fabulous right because I like I can't fly to Alaska but I can help a youth in Alaska or wherever right right? so yeah right well I could fly to Alaska and I would fly in there there you you go yeah not every day so right so there is a way, right? You can, you can do it slides with your face. You can just do it with your face or you could do it with your face plus having a workbook. So you do have options on, on what you wanna teach. You can also go back and forth between a slide and your face. So like if you wanna sh- have a visual representation and share a slide that has some, um, an acronym on it or something like that, where you want to, you want them to be able to write it down and see it. You can share that slide. And then when you're done, then you can come off that and go back to speaking normally. So the, the reality is, is that these invisible rules that you think exist don't actually exist. Okay. They don't exist. The rules are whatever you make them. The rules are whatever is going to work for the people, for the audience that you're trying to serve. So finding out from them, what do they like? How do they like to learn? That, you know, if you went and talked with the kids that you've already done this with and say, hey, here's what I'm thinking as a teenager, what are you willing to do? They may be willing to like hear, they maybe want to do an audio. Maybe they don't want slides at all. Maybe they just want to be able to listen, Mm -hmm. right? So then you can have it where if you, I'm just going to tell you, if you record something on Zoom, like we're doing right now, I, it's going to give me a video file and an audio file. Oh, oh, right. So now I have two. I have two methods of being able to use this content. One is a podcast. And if I wanted to, I could put it up on YouTube or some other video component. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. So it's really about how do the kids want to consume this content from you? Mm -hmm. And then, like I said, you can have the audio, you can have the video, you can split it up into smaller segments. Right. Really, you fully have the power to decide how you want to do it. You're making it sound really easy, Elaine. So why am I avoiding it? Why are you avoiding it? Let's dive a little deeper into that. So I saw what you wrote on your application was that the avoidance was coming from the fear that it was going to be bigger than you. Right. And so tell me more a little bit about that. really emotional now yeah um so I'm in the process right now of searching for 
some people to interview as a potential virtual assistant or personal assistant to me. Okay. And I just know that I have a certain amount of time, you know, in, mm -hmm. in the day and in mm -hmm. the week. And, mm -hmm. um, I just feel like there's so much need out there. Mm -hmm. And that the more people know about me and what I do, the more they're going to be able to find me and mm -hmm. the more they're going to come to me. Mm -hmm. And I just don't know if I'm going to know how to handle all of that. Okay. So can I give you a suggestion? Of course. So one of the things that I think could be really helpful for you is if you were to run it, if you were, if you were to run in order for you to one, feel like it's like you're having that human connection that you know that people need, but also provide the information. So here's a way that you could do this in a way that will help you from getting burnout or not being able to handle having 20 people sign up or a hundred people sign up at a time. Okay. So what you can do um, is you can have the modules, which are evergreen, they don't change. Okay. Mm -hmm. You can have like, let's say for example, the modules are released every Monday. They get an email or a text or whatever that says your, ne your next module is available, go watch it. And we're going to meet on Thursday or Friday or whatever as a group to discuss what was learned in that module that week. Come and get Q&A, come and get live support. And from this group community that you will have, you'll notice that they start helping each other, right? So it's not all on you. You show up, you're holding space for, um, for those that show up, you're holding space and you're helping people talk through it. And then what happens is that you'll start to notice that as the kids have gone through it and they've been in it for a little while, they'll feel confident to say, oh, I know how that feels. I was just dealing with that a month ago. And this is what I did. So they'll be able to interject some suggestions and things like that of what worked for them, what helped them. So then it kind of relieves the pressure off of you. Okay. The other thing is that if you're really super paranoid about that is that you could do what I call quarterly groups. So you start a group and everybody joins together. They're in it together. They go through the first three months and then the next three months come and you start another group. So even if this group, like once it's kind of ending, another group begins. And this group, if you want them to, they can stay in and come to the the support group, mm -hmm. even because they may have already graduated, but to get that continued support, they are still well, they could still be welcome to come and be an observer, be a listener, become a mentor, be a talk it out buddy, like anything like that. So, because then it makes it bigger than you, because now what you're doing is you're building a community of kids who want to help each other and are committing. It's like, it's like AA, right? My dad is, goes to AA and he has a mentor, someone that basically he can call if he's having a bad day. 
and, and has that thought of, man, I really could use a drink right now. Mm -hmm. Right. Having like a sponsor kind of thing. So it can evolve into something much bigger than you, which takes the pressure off of you. They're building relationships and you're out of that. That's, that's not, you're not a part of that. You don't need to be a part of that. Okay. Right. You're just facilitating. Here's the education and here's the support that goes along with it. So all you've done now is create modules and all you're committing to is having a once a week support group. Nice. Right. How does that feel? Does that feel less heavy? Yeah, because the way I was looking at it, the way that I've created it and I'm, you know, just like up leveling, right? My thought was, well, if I have 10 youth and I meet with them individually once a week and I do group once a week in the evening and I'm creating the modules and, you know, it just, I really can only, I can only touch on 10 youth. Right. And there's so much more need than that. So that makes sense to me that they could take advantage of, you know, like purchase the program, they get the modules, they get the Q and A each week yeah. and they could attend or not. It's open right. to them. Right. Um, and then if they wanted to continue after the first three months, which is, that's what it is. It's a 12 week program. Mm-hmm. Then they could have like an extension price that's mm-hmm. less than the first Twelve weeks before they continue, right? If they wanted to continue with the groups, right, right. Because I was looking at it like, okay, if I'm only able to work with ten youth, then I'm going to need to hire other coaches, right? Right. This alleviates this alleviates that, yeah. Because but the thing is, is that you can offer, you know, it's almost like having you would have almost three prices. One is the low end, which is um, the, just the group, the support group after they've graduated. Okay. So that's, that's the low end fruit. The second fruit is, um, the modules plus the support group for 12 weeks, right? Mm -hmm. The high ticket fruit is the modules, the support group and one-on-one. And then you're at capacity you only have the capacity to take on a certain number of individuals. But what you'll find is that most people will go to the middle. And if they decide at some point that they need to add in that personal one-on-one touch with you, well, then you can say, I have space at this time and this time only, or we'll have to, I can refer you to another, to a colleague or right. So then when you're at capacity, then you can start figuring out what to do with people to make sure that they're getting the support that they need. But I'm kind of of the opinion that you cross that bridge when you get there, you can plan for it, but let's not assume that everyone's going to come flocking and needing one-on-one help right away. Especially if the kids you already worked with provide you really great feedback and testimonials about how much what you did helped them, Mm -hmm. then it gives the other kids permission to go, oh, well, they did it. These kids said it was okay and it helped them. Maybe it'll help me too. 
Yeah. You know? So I think that really what you did was you gave yourself some very unrealistic expectations, right? We put those unrealistic expectations on us when we don't fully have the clarity that we need in order to figure out how to move forward. And we think it has to be a certain way. And then when we realize that it doesn't really have to be that way, that we get to, we get to decide how we want to make it it relieves that pressure off of us. And then we can just say, this is how I'm going to do it. And just let it happen. I think that for me, it's like, I just, I want to make sure that um, when people pay for the program, they're getting their dollars worth, right? Like, I just want to make sure that they get something really valuable. I, I mean, I have been working in the field 14 years. I have a lot of experience personally also. And so I know that I know the stuff, right? Mm -hmm. I know mm -hmm. I've been working with youth long enough. I know what helps and I know it makes a difference. And so I just, yeah, I was just wanting to make sure that like when you pay for it, you're getting the value. Right, right, right. So now you have value. You have group support, which is amazing and incredible and something that is you will hear people say that it was priceless. So when I, my very first program, when I was a photographer, my very first program, first of all, I struggled with the idea of calling myself a coach because I was like, I'm not a coach. I don't know, right? I just wanted to help people not feel so insecure about their bodies, right? I was a boudoir photographer and all I heard was women complain about their bodies. And I was like, if I could help women improve their confidence, then maybe they'd be okay coming and getting their photos taken, right? Mm -hmm. And it would help improve their confidence. So I decided I was gonna, I, I talked with a friend and she kind of helped me get out of my own damn way because I was in my way thinking, I don't, what, I don't, who am I? What qualifications do I have to help women build their confidence? Well, I had my own experience. That's all I had. So I put together a thing. It was a 30 day. So I did once a day, I sent an email with this thing, this video, this whatever. And, but within that, I inadvertently built a community of support. I didn't mean to, it just kind of happened by accident because I was doing beta. So I was really trying to figure out what the hell I was doing. I needed feedback. So we would get together once a week. And what happened was these women that were in this, not only were we communicating through Facebook Messenger, they were sharing quotes, they were sharing memes, and they were sharing things about the lesson that day. And, and then when we would get together and they're crying, they're being vulnerable and transparent. And I was just like, what is happening? And then all of a sudden, they just like clunk together. Like we are forever bonded to the point that we all went together and got tattoos to commemorate our time together. Wow. Right? Like I didn't plan that. Like I did not plan any of that to happen. It happened by accident. And when I said, when I asked them if there was anything that I should change, they were like, don't get rid of the group. Don't get rid of, and I, I mean, I only ran it one more time before I changed everything about my business, but it's like, 
all of this, they were just like that, that camaraderie with people that could relate to how they felt. You can't get rid of that. It was priceless. And I was charging a hundred dollars because I did not see the value in myself, right? I literally, this was, oh my gosh, probably five years ago. Wow. I didn't see the value in myself. I didn't value myself as a coach. I had a hard time calling myself that. Um, now I can confidently say I charge way more than a hundred dollars. I hope so. I hope so. But that was like, and the, the next time I did it outside of beta, I charged $500 and I was like, oh my God, nobody's going to pay this. Right. Because I was living inside of other people's checkbooks and I was trying to decide what was affordable to them. And someone told me stay out of other people's checkbooks. And I said, oh shit. Okay. <laughs> Message received. Right. And so it, it's, yeah, but the, the camaraderie, you can't put a price tag on that. It will become the thing that makes your program priceless. Even though they don't want to show up and even though they're going to be teenager attitudes about it, they're going to appreciate it. They're going to tell you how much they appreciated it. Even if they're like, I'm just here. I don't even, I'm not even going to be on camera. I'm just laying in bed, being a lazy bum, whatever they're going to, if they show up they're they are going to get something out of it. And they will tell you later how valuable it was to them. Even if they do give their teenager attitude at the time. Yeah. Cause I had two teenagers. I know what it's like. <laughs> oh man. You talking about how, how much you charged reminds me of when, um, so as a social worker, we go from a clinic, a certified social worker to a clinical license, licensed clinical social worker mm -hmm. after we've done all the supervision. And I was at that point where I just barely had got my full licensure. And I had my first session with a client at my higher level of training. And I had been charging as a CSW because I couldn't take insurance at all. $30 a session, 30 for an hour. Mm -hmm. And I met with this couple and I had the first session. Now I'm fully licensed and I hadn't even thought about how much to charge them. I would get done with the session and they go up front to schedule them on the computer for the next session. And they're like, how much do, how much do we owe you? And I was like, sometimes being vulnerable is really great. Cause I was like, um, I don't know. <laughs> and I told them the truth. And I remember the wife saying to me, I would pay you $150 for that session. Mm. And I was like, are you serious? And she's like, yes. And I was blown away, right? And it gave me permission yeah. to choose to charge my worth. Well, obviously after 14 years, you know, 150 a session is not, but, <laughs> right. um, um, but I, I still do actually, when I, when I have people that are cash pay and they need some short-term therapy, I've I prorated and I will do mm -hmm. lower sessions because mm -hmm. I care about people and that's fine because I have different ways that I work with people yeah. as we all do, I'm sure but 
that was really an amazing experience to me. Yeah. To have somebody in one session, in one hour, like what? Five times my value. Yeah. Hear me and say that to me so that I could see it. And I, um, well, it's just amazing how we undervalue yes. what we give to the world too much. Yes. Absolutely. It's one of the hardest things for entrepreneurs to do is to put a price tag on themselves because, you know, we're trying so hard. I'm a people pleaser, right? And I used to think that expensive was a bad word. And I learned that cheap is actually the dirtiest word of them all. Right. Because when I was doing $30 an hour sessions, I probably got my clients showing up for one out of three. Right. Because there's no value behind $30. I thought I was doing this great thing. I was offering this low low cost and people could come get help that couldn't afford it. And it was so frustrating. It's so frustrating, right? Yes. To to bring myself and gift an hour of my, I was, I was, I had a master's degree at the time. I'm like, And you can't pay me $30 for an hour. Right. So yeah, I've never, no, I can't. Right. So I learned the same thing. It has, we have to, we have to charge the value so they can see. Yes. The value in the. Here's something that I told a friend recently. Um, I said, okay, let's say that someone is hosting a business workshop. It's a hundred dollars. I'm not signing up because I don't see value in showing up for a hundred dollars. I don't. Okay. Let's say that workshop was $3,000. Number one, my perception of that workshop has completely the value that I believe I'm going to receive for my investment of $3,000 has quadrupled by, you know what I'm saying? Like the value, my perception of value it's $3,000. Do you think I'm going to show up for that? Yeah. Am I going to show up for a hundred dollars? No, because a hundred dollars is like nothing to me anymore because I started valuing myself when I increased my price and I put myself at this level, then I look at who am I going to attract in, if I was charging a hundred dollars, who am I going to attract? People that are serious? No. Am I, if I'm charging $3,000, do you think people that I'm going to attract are going to be a lot more serious about business? Uh, Yeah, they are. So I noticed, and I don't charge $3,000, but I'm giving that example, like that it's, it's the perception of value and it's the type of person that you're going to attract into that experience based on the price. Right. I have a friend, I love her to death, but she drives me crazy because she keeps trying to charge $47 or $57. And then I meet her competitor who's charging $1,500. And I tell her, do do you see what you're missing out on? She has a belief that people will not pay more. And I'm like, well, I'm working with your competitor over here. You mean do similar things, but different in a different way. 
right? <laughs> and this one's charging $1,500 and this one's charging $47. Who are you going to hire? The perceived value is if I'm paying $1,500, I'm going to, I'm going to get results. If I'm paying $47, I'm not going to show up. I'm not going to do the work. There's not enough skin in the game. Right? It's just been like this huge, like, explosion lately of realizing all of this, you know? Well, and, and it's hard in the middle, right? It's like, okay, yeah. well, I want people to see the value, mm -hmm. but I want to make it available. I want it. I want and it have to scholarships. The people, you know, can yeah. come. And so, yeah. And so um, I had a mentor recently say, and this was really important to me because this is a $12,000 program. I've right. been doing this for 14 years. Yeah. This is like a 347, you know, no. So, mm -hmm. uh, and he said, this mentor of mine said, you know, what we do is we discount. Oh, I'm going to do a discount. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to offer this to you as a discount. And he said, and then in your brain, you begin to think of your program as not having the full value. Yep. But when you scholarship, like you said, I can gift you a scholarship. My program still has a $12,000 value, mm -hmm. but I often give $3,000 scholarships. And if you call it a scholarship and there's an application process that goes with it, right. Mm -hmm. Then it's just like, they're getting a scholarship for a college class. Right. Right. You're teaching them this skill in order to, that they may be able to use if they choose to go to a higher education and they are wanting to apply for scholarships. You're giving them real life practice, mm -hmm. right? And you could say scholarships available, click here to apply, right? And so I think that, you know, discounting it is, is you know, using the word discount, not great. Scholarship feels much more in alignment for you and having that application process of not everybody gets it. Right. You, and they don't have to know that, you know, but being able to say you have been awarded a scholarship of $3,000 towards this. And here are the expectations that go along with receiving this scholarship. These are the participation requirements. And if you do not uphold the expectations, you can lose the scholarship and you will have to pay the remaining balance, right? So you can set those expectations up front in order for someone to receive that scholarship. That's a good point. I'm gonna to have to think about what those expectations, what right. would be in your best interest to set those expectations at, right? Right, right. yeah. Because definitely, you know, as any, any coach, any therapist, mm -hmm. any counselor, mm -hmm. if they're, if they're worth their weight in gold, mm -hmm. <laughs> right. That, um, the client does the work. Yes. You're and holding the space. Yeah. You, I can teach skills. Yep. I can teach tools yep. that are literally 
when they practice going to change their life mm-hmm. for the rest of their life. Yes. You know, I don't sit them on a couch and talk with them. I'm teaching them skills. And if they, but you have to practice a skill. Yes. You, have to, you have to sharpen your ax per se is the way I put yes. it, right? Yes. You can't take the ax out to chop the dry wood for the fire when your ax won't cut the wood. Yes. So if you don't do the work, you can't expect what your coach teaches you or works with you on mm-hmm. to, to change anything. Right. So, right. Absolutely. So just show up to the game. Yes, absolutely. So from here, what, what action are you planning to take with this kind of hopefully a fresh perspective on how you can show up and, and deliver this content? So I actually have a, a youth client of mine that I love her. She's amazing. And her program ended and I felt like um, I wanted to give her the opportunity to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, but her family's had some financial struggle recently. And because I wanted to hold myself accountable and get the modules done, because this is stuff I teach, but I'm going to be able to teach so much more when they have this content in addition, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I offered her to continue with sessions in exchange for feedback on the modules. Okay. So now what I want to do is I want to start with the first module and I want to record it just me teaching and then record one with slides and get her feedback on what she thinks would be more effective. Okay. 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 So now let me ask you, have you figured out your platform? Do you know what platform you're going to use to teach this? No, no. I don't know what to load the modules into. Okay. I'm aware that you, there are some platforms, which I think this would be better. I, I just feel like for youth to get through the program, um, I'm aware there's a platform, but I don't know what it is where you can load the modules in and you can have them like when they finish the video or videos for the module, because I want to do shorter ones and they do the assignment or worksheet or whatever in the journal or book that goes with it, they can upload that. And once they have all the parts done for the module, then it opens up the next one. Mm-hmm. And I want it to work like that, but I don't, I don't know what. Okay. Well, guess what? I happen to be a wealth of information about all that kind of stuff. So I will give you the lowdown on which platforms um, might be best suited for what you're trying to do and with your audience in mind. Fabulous. Okay. So I can't wait to hear um, from you in a few weeks that you have gotten out of your own damn way and that you have started. (laughs) That's all you have to do is start, right? Tell you which module I'm on. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, And I hope that you can take this this inspiration and motivation and use it um, in your own life, in your own business to get out of your own damn way, 
and go get shit done. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you.